0: Holiday your heart out at Old Navy. Today only, all hats, gloves, and scarves are 50% off. Plus, get 40% off your entire purchase today at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Hats, gloves, and
1: scarves valid 1120. 40% valid 1115 to 1120. Exclusion apply. See store for
0: details. Block Talk Radio. Hello. Once again, this is your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, naturopathic doctor. I see patients here in San Diego and all over the country. And, of course, I come to you guys every week, about every week, bringing you some really great, amazing information to you. And it's all about natural medicine and nutrition. And, uh, gosh, we've been doing a lot of these shows, and it's, uh, it's, never, it's never old for me. It's always something new. And um, the topic tonight is something that, I feel like I can really relate to. This is uh, something I've dealt with in the past is anxiety, and it's still something I always have to kind of manage for myself. So, and I found so much relief using nutrition for anxiety, and I'm, I'm very passionate about this topic. And actually, this is probably one of the main reasons why I, I do naturopathic medicine is because I'm able to use food as medicine with every single patient. No matter how severe the case is, we're always talking about nutrition. So this is a topic I absolutely love. And uh, we have a really great guest on the show tonight. We have Trudy Scott on the show. She is the author of The Anti-Anxiety Food Solution. So I'll bring her on in just a second. But I just want to give you guys some announcements for future shows. Next week's show, we're going to have Denise Minger on the show. She is the author of Death by Food Pyramid. Denise is a really great writer. She has... um, Uh, a really great blog and she debunked the whole uh, China study which was you know obviously very controversial it's a big study that's you know kind of touted by vegetarians and um, so she does not shy away from controversy at all and so next week will be a great show in that light the following week we're going to have Alex Jamison on the show she uh, you guys may recognize her from um, Super Size Me from many years ago Uh, her boyfriend was going her previous boyfriend was going through uh, you know basically eating uh, McDonald's every day, every meal for a month, if you remember that show from a few years ago. So she'll be on the show now to talk about what's new in her journey. And then we're going to have Donna Gates on the show talking about the Body Ecology Diet, which I'm going to be super starstruck. I got to meet her a couple weeks ago at um, JJ Virgin's Mastermind event. It was amazing. I've just She's incredible to me. So we're going to talk all about Body Ecology Diet, and then we're going to have Sarah Ballantyne on to talk about autoimmune disease and you're treating that from a paleo perspective. So lots of really great topics and guests coming up in the next future shows. Um, let's see. What should we talk about? Um, let me give you uh, Trudy's bio. Trudy Scott is a certified nutritionist. And she is on a mission to educate and empower women worldwide about the healing powers of food, amen, in order to find natural solutions for their anxiety, depression, emotional eating, and sugar cravings. Trudy works with clients one-on-one and in groups, serving as a catalyst in bringing about life-enhancing mood transformations that start with eating real food, real, whole food, and using some pretty amazing nutrients. Trudy is the author of the Anti-Anxiety Food Solution, How the Foods You Eat Can Help Calm Your Anxious, your, calm your anxious Mind, Improve Your Mood, and End Craving. So we have Trudy on the show. Thank you so much for joining me, and welcome to Dr. Low Radio. Hi, it's so great to be here. Oh, and I just love your accent. That's going to be so fun to listen to for the next hour. (laughs) Thank
1: you. It's so great. It was so great to finally meet you, and it's really great to be here because I'm such a fan of yours.
0: Oh, and it's so crazy to hear you say that because I, I remember seeing you on um, Allie Brown's I think it was like her Elevate um, training that she was putting on and she was highlighting you as one of her great clients and I was so impressed with your story and I you know started just kind of Google stalking you a bit and learning a little <laughs> bit more about you so it's really cool when I met you because we have both you know been familiar with each other's work so that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, and one thing I want to say about your accent, that's going to be my anti-anxiety solution. So thanks for having that. Oh, <laughs> i was kind of... Kind of uh, I'm jealous of people with accents. Do I have an accent to you, though? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I know that you know for for so many of us, obviously, the thing that we focus on with our career and our our mission is something that we ourselves have dealt with. Um, I know anxiety for me is something I've dealt with in the past. It's always something i'm I'm always kind of managing and, and I know which foods make me feel more anxious and which foods really calm me down and other lifestyle things obviously um, and you know that's a big reason why I think I'm passionate about that with patients because I've dealt with that among other things that I've talked about on my show too so Tell us a little bit about your story. Why is this something you focus on? Is this something you've dealt with yourself? Give us a little bit of background that makes you so passionate about this.
1: Okay, and yes, it is absolutely something that I've dealt with and really, really, really bad anxiety. In my late 30s, I started to get anxious for no reason at all, and I actually ended up having three panic attacks, which were terrifying. I thought I was going to die. It was just awful. And I was actually working in corporate America as a computer programmer, believe it or not, and uh, working really long hours. I was really stressed out. Um, I was eating a diet that didn't suit my biochemistry. I was actually eating a vegetarian diet and eating a lot of soy, which didn't work for me. And I just, going through, you know, hormonal changes, going into, perimen- going into you know, through perimenopause and just uh, burned out adrenals, it turned out I had gluten issues and a whole host of other issues that I didn't know about. But long story short is I worked with a wonderful naturopath and a mm-hmm. nurse practitioner and started to find these connections between what I was eating and how I was feeling and, you know, I grew up in South Africa, which is where my accent's from, and mm. we had always eaten real foods and we had not gone to the doctor a lot. So when this happened to me, I immediately felt there was something, some reason for it. I had to get to the root cause of it. And I'd always, you know, I'd, I'd uh, been a big fan of Adele Davis and, and, and natural approaches to healing. So I, you know, inst- instinctively went to a naturopath to look for solutions. But I was just blown away by the fact that food could actually, and the wrong food, and and not having the right nutrients could actually cause panic attacks and anxiety, and worked with this uh, wonderful naturopath in Colorado, and was so impressed by everything, and she said to me, you know, I think you should go to naturopathic school, you just love this so much, and I said, yeah, but I really love the food part, I just love the food part, she says, well then, go and become a nutritionist. So I did. I became a nutritionist, and I've been doing it for 10 years now, and my mission is to help women who have anxiety and panic attacks when there is an underlying biochemical issue that can be addressed by making food changes by adding in some nutrients, by making some lifestyle changes, taking foods out that are problematic, adding foods in that can help. And there is so much that we can do with food. It's it's just so powerful and it's so wonderful. And I know you you know this and uh, but I just you know, when it happened to me I just thought, Oh, this is this is you know, this is my mission and I can actually make a difference in the world. So I gave up my computer job and I'm doing this and I absolutely love it.
0: Mm, that's so cool to hear that you healed yourself and you're able to pay it forward and help other people. And how amazing it is it to make this kind of change for people. And it doesn't require any supplement. It doesn't require any, you know, um, medication. I mean, I know that there's ways that we can kind of tweak things. And obviously, we use supplements in, in our practice. But that I think nutrition is like the biggest, most powerful thing you can do to impact your health and your mind. Right.
1: Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's, it's the fuel that we need. And when, it's, when we don't have that fuel, it just becomes, um, you know, mind and, and mood and physical elements, they just go crazy. So absolutely, it c- can just make such a big difference.
0: And I think, too, that, you know, I think there's a lot, obviously, you know, anxiety is the number one, you know, mental disorder in the country. So this mm-hmm. is something that people are dealing with all the time. I mean, so many people are dealing with this. And yet I think a lot of times there's kind of a lot of taboo about it. People don't really like to share about how anxious they really are. So how much of a problem is this really for people? I mean, how prevalent is this?
1: It's really prevalent. And I have people coming to see me all the time who, unfortunately, have tried other approaches that haven't worked. So you, you know, most people who have anxiety do not think of going to a nutritionist or a naturopath or someone in the holistic area because they, their first thought is medication or therapy because that's what you know most people are taught about. So a lot of people have tried therapy, they've tried medications. That maybe has worked to some extent, maybe it hasn't worked completely, maybe they've had some side effects from the medications. And then a lot of people just feel intuitively that there's this biochemical thing going on and they need to address that, get to the root cause of the problem rather than, than medicate. And it's very common. And I work primarily with women And, of course, women are affected at twice the rate of men. Uh, And that's, you know, got to do with hormonal impact. It's got to do with the fact that we make less serotonin than men. And also because we are caretakers. We take care of everyone else before ourselves. And that's a big thing that I have to work on with my clients is saying, you need to focus on this. You need to take care of yourself. And we need to take it seriously because of this big impact that it has on heart disease you know, uh, we don't want to wait until you have a panic attack. You don't want to get to the point where, you know, you're going to have a panic attack like I did. You should do something about it when you're starting to feel stressed. And there's so many people that just have this sort of ongoing stress which could escalate into full-blown anxiety and panic attacks. So do something about it before it becomes so bad. And there's so much research now showing this connection between stress, anxiety, panic attacks, and increased risk for stroke and heart attack. And we know that women have you know, really high rates of heart disease and it's something that's hidden and you don't actually see it until it hits. So doing Mm -hmm. something about the anxiety now is, is so important.
0: What are some of the main contributors in a person's diet that could be contributing to anxiety,
1: well, there's so many factors and and because of uh, because we all have our own unique biochemistry, it can be different for each person, so it could be. A food intolerance could be a problem. It could be sugar is depleting the person of nutrients. It could be that uh, they are not eating frequently enough, so they're having these blood sugar swings, which can make you more anxious when your blood sugar dips too low. It could be uh, nutritional deficiencies caused by something like a gluten intolerance. You may end up low in zinc or you may end up low in serotonin. You may have uh, an underlying Genetic component where you do make much less serotonin and you are more prone to being stressed. So there are just you know, so many factors. And, of course, if you are malnourished and you're not getting enough amino acids because you're not eating protein, for example, that, that can definitely play a role. So low vitamin D levels, there's just so many factors that, that play a role. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're seeing we're seeing increasing rates in kids as well, and it's it's very disturbing when you read about uh, some of these articles, uh, you know, in the big uh, New York papers talking about how kids are being. Medicated at younger and younger ages, and it's just very disturbing when you know kids can respond so well to some of these diet changes. I've had wonderful results with kids, just you know making a few changes, and the anxiety completely goes away. So it it really is something that we need to be, you know, getting more into the mainstream so more people are aware of this, and that's mm-hmm. part of my mission is uh, is getting this message out. It's really really wonderful that there are so many people in the mental health world that are now interested in this. I actually... Uh, present across the country to mental health practitioners and social workers and and uh, psychiatrists, and they are very open to this because it's a, it's an extra thing in their toolbox that they can that they can use with their patients. And a lot of therapists are already telling their patients, you know, eat eat good food and and are you having breakfast? But they just don't know about all the details, all the ins and outs, all the research that is behind some of these changes because there is so much research supporting this which is so exciting because, you know, the more research there is, the more mainstream it's going to become.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I love that you mentioned even just eating breakfast. That's one of the biggest things that I find with patients, that when they just add breakfast into their diet, you know, I mean, that just sets the tone for the whole day, and a lot of anxiety can, can dissipate from that because their blood sugar is just in the tank, and they didn't realize it until it's just way too far off. Do you find that as well?
1: Oh, totally. That is the number one thing I tell everyone. And every time I do a presentation, I say that's the number one thing to do and you know part of my program i've got nine steps in my program and yes supplements are part of it but a lot of people as you say can just make a few simple food changes eating real whole food adding that breakfast in and the anxiety can completely go away and it it sets you up for you know feeling more calm it's going to give you more energy throughout the day it's going to make you less irritable and uh, it's just good for your adrenals, so it's just a Mm -hmm. no-brainer. But the important thing is it's got to have protein. You know, a lot of people are not getting protein at breakfast. And whenever we're talking about food, it's got to be good quality food. So obviously, pastured chickens, uh, laying, you know, good eggs, um, animal protein. I'm a big fan of animal protein. And um, having that protein at breakfast is important because if you're just going to have carbs, you're going to get this big sugar spike and then it's going to crash. And, um, of course, as a anxiety uh, guru, I'm not a fan of coffee. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when it comes to breakfast, a lot of people will have coffee first. And then they're not going to have the appetite for breakfast. So while I'm working with my client on helping them get off the coffee, because that is a discussion we have to have if they are anxious, because a lot of people, certainly those with anxiety and panic attacks, are more prone to the effects of caffeine, I say to them, at least have uh, your breakfast first and then have your coffee. And then we'll have the Mm. coffee discussion later. So that really makes a big difference.
0: Mm, that's a really good tip. That's great. My patients love me and hate me for that reason because I usually have them get off the coffee. And it, it does. It makes a huge difference for them.
1: Yeah. I'd yeah. say, why, why, why are we going to do testing? Why are we going to add supplements when it may be the coffee. And quite honestly, just like you, they hate they hate me for it and <laughs> it's the thing that they but they fight it a lot because it's a drug, you know, we self medicate with it. We use it to function. We use it to get through the day. And I don't like to have them take it away until we've got to the root cause of why they're so exhausted. So you know, And that's why it might be something that will come a little bit later because if you take it away and now they can't function at work or they can't get through the day, that's not, not going to be any good. So we've always got to look at the adrenals. We've got to look at thyroid health. We've got to look at anemia. I had one client that I worked with who was, you know pushing it on eight cups of coffee a day and uh, was totally anemic and uh, once we addressed the anemia uh, she was uh, you know much more easily able to get off the coffee because we had addressed the underlying cause but it is something that I must say most of my clients will well they'll fight me on you know they'll give up the gluten they'll give up the sugar but the coffee is something
0: that they really hold on to. Wow that's fascinating with the with the anemia really interesting and, yeah. and interesting, too, I mean, I can look back to when I was a vegetarian for several years and I had, my anxiety was a lot worse then. I mean, my emotional, you know, I had mood swings then for sure and, mm-hmm. and I was anemic. So it's, it's kind of interesting you brought that up. I wonder if that had something to do with it. And, and well, tying into I am, that, you mentioned the protein. Talk about that a little bit more, too, with the protein and, and um, you know, the, the maybe the more the animal proteins versus, you know, having a vegetarian diet and how that plays a role, too.
1: Yes, and I'll, let me first just address your comment about the low iron. Is I also had been very prone. I've always had low ferritin, and I've always um, it's always been a factor. Uh, not anymore, but when I was you know when I was younger and having my period, it was always an issue. And iron is one of the cofactors for making GABA and for making serotonin. So it's it 's something that we need to make those neurotransmitters as well as to you know do everything else that iron is needed for so and so going to your question about animal protein i 'm a big fan of grass fed red meat, and I like to talk about it because a lot of people don 't I know you have a lot of people on your that you interview who are paleo people, so uh, for your audience, this might not be such a big surprise but in in Sydney, in the conventional world. Talking about red meat is a little bit of a, a no no and actually, when my uh, book came out, I wanted to have red meat on the cover. I wanted you know a beautiful picture with real foods with vegetables, and with red meat on the cover because it 's a part of of my program, and my publisher didn 't want me to have it the red Hmm. meat on the cover because they said it was too political. And I said, but they're going to open the book and they're going to read it and they're going to see there's red meat in there. Anyway, so I I I ended up with a a really nice picture on the cover, but it didn't include the red meat. But red meat is definitely going to give you blood sugar stability, and we talked about that, how important that is. Um, Grass-fed red meat is an amazing source of omega-3s. You know, we think of salmon as being a wonderful source of omega-3s and other oily fish, but grass-fed red meat is a fabulous source of omega-3s, which has, you know, been shown to help with depression, anxiety, inflammation, and we know that there's now a lot of research showing this connection between mental health problems and inflammation, so it's going to, you know, have an effect in that area as well. The other things that we get with red meat is the iron, which I mentioned. We get zinc, now, zinc is a very important nutrient when it comes to anxiety, and I would say 95% of my clients are deficient in zinc. Yeah, and I
0: find the zinc, too.
1: You do? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, very common. It's it's just, you know, stress is a depleter of zinc, sugar is, um, exercise depletes us of zinc, and we obviously aren't getting it a, a lot in our diets. And then a lot of women that I'm working with, and men, are saying, very proudly to me, I don't eat red meat anymore. You know, I'm on this health kick and I'm not eating red meat anymore. So they are becoming further depleted because they're not getting it in their diets. So I'm, I'm a big fan of, of red meat. And there is actually research now supporting that a diet that contains grass-fed red meat um, lowers the risk of anxiety and depression. One of my most favorite researchers is Dr. Felice Jacker. She's a researcher from Uh, Melbourne, Australia. And she published a paper in 2012, one of many papers actually. She's on a mission to to show this connection between food and mental health. She's just absolutely wonderful. But this paper that she published in uh, 2010 was titled The Association of Western and Traditional Diets with Depression and Anxiety in Women. And what they did is they looked at Australian women, and compared those eating the Western diet, which was the fast food, uh, processed foods, junk food, sugary products, with those eating the traditional diets, which was fruits, vegetables, fish, grass-fed red meat. It actually did include whole grains, so she's not differentiating uh, the difference between you know eating grains or not eating grains. But the big thing is they found a lower risk of depression and anxiety in the women eating the traditional diet, and this, because this is a study done in Australia, we know that the meat is grass-fed, and that's a you know big thing that we want to look at when we're looking at studies uh, talking about red meat is the quality. Is it grass-fed or is it feedlot meat? Because there's a very big difference.
0: Mm. Fascinating. I love that. That's so interesting.
1: Yeah, and she did a she did a, you know she's done similar follow-up studies. Uh, 2011, she did a study looking at adolescents. And found similar thing, better diet, better mood, worse diet, worse mood. And then she did a similar study looking at bipolar disorder. And again, uh, the diet had a big impact. So these are just, um, you know, these are not cause and effect studies. It's just showing correlation. But this is, this is a, you know, a very good start to, you know, to start implementing some of these things. And there was another study actually done um, in, also in Australia and this was looking um, using the dash diet, which is the diet that helps with high blood pressure, which is, you know, you, as you know, very well studied for helping to lower high blood pressure. But in this diet, again, there was uh, grass-fed red meat part of the diet, and they have found um, lowered blood pressure, improved bone health, and improved mood in these postmenopausal women. So there is research supporting it.
0: Wow, that's so so cool, so fascinating, and kind of tied into the breakfast issue is regulating blood sugar. And mm. this is huge for mood. I mean, this is like, in my view, this is like the next most important thing is regulating blood sugar. And it's very much related to having breakfast. So give us some insight. I know this is something you work on a lot with your clients. How to quit the sugar cravings and you mentioned without willpower required and how to control these swings. So give us, give us some of your expertise with that.
1: Okay. So the, f- the first thing is, Getting the real food into the diet, uh, you know, whole fruits and vegetables. We didn't talk about organic, but you know, quality organic fruits and vegetables is important. Healthy fats, and then the protein. So, getting those healthy proteins and those healthy fats in there, having the breakfast is going to help to stabilize the blood sugar. So you are less likely to have sh- uh, sugar cravings. Now, there are other factors that can play a role. For a lot of people. Just doing that can make a world of difference, and they can you know, use a little bit of willpower, get off the sugar, and, and then keeping their diet under control and eating a healthy diet, they can do fine, and they, there's nothing else that they need to do. But there are some people that that's not enough, and they will use willpower, but the willpower will eventually get the better of them. And they need something else to help them, and that's, this is where the uh, individual targeted amino acids come in, and they are incredible for helping people uh, eliminate their sugar cravings and improve their mood and I will have people use these targeted individual amino acids right off the bat because most of the people that are coming to see me you know they they, they need more help than just uh, making some food changes, they need some additional support. So what I'll do is have them do a questionnaire, so we can determine where they may have a deficiency. So we can figure out which amino acid we may want to have them try. So should I go through a few a few of the examples? Please do. You?
0: Yeah. Okay. Please. So,
1: so I thought serotonin would be would be a good one to talk about tonight. Uh, seeing this is winter time, and we often have the winter blues. And it can be associated with low serotonin. So what I'll have someone do is complete the, uh, the, the amino acid questionnaire. And I must say this questionnaire is based on the work of Julia Ross. She's the author of The Mood Cure and wonderful um, pioneer in the field of the amino acids. And I actually worked in a clinic for two years and learned an amazing amount from her. She's an incredible woman when it comes to the amino acids.
0: Um, and she's been a, sh- a previous guest on our show
1: as yes, well. So I saw Julia. that. Yes, I saw awesome. that. Yes. <laughs> so, so I'll have someone do the amino acid questionnaire, and if we're looking at low serotonin, I'll have them rate on a scale of one to ten how badly some of these low serotonin symptoms are. And uh, it would, you know, someone's got the winter blues; uh, they're feeling depressed or negative. Uh, they, we also often see increase in anxiety in, win- in the wintertime, and there's actually research supporting this, and it could be related to low serotonin. So our serotonin will take a little bit of a dip in the winter, so some people need a little bit of a serotonin boost in the winter. The other thing that we will see is the afternoon and evening cravings, and this could be why we'll see a lot of people eat more uh, through the winter time because they've got low serotonin and they are eating more carbohydrates in the winter. So... As well as the anxiety and the depression and the afternoon and evening craving, some other signs of low serotonin could be irritability, obviously sleep problems, low self-esteem, obsessive tendencies or obsessive thoughts. And with low serotonin, the anxiety and the worry is more in the head versus low GABA where the anxiety is a physical kind of anxiety. So if someone's got these low serotonin symptoms, they're going to have this worry, anxiety, negative self-talk all in the head. And then the big clue with this one is the afternoon and the evening cravings. So if someone scores, you know, sevens or eights or nines or tens in this category, then we'll assume that low serotonin may be an issue. And the way we figure out if it is an issue is I'll have them try one of the, the targeted individual amino acids that, that I was just mentioning to see if it takes away these symptoms. And the fantastic thing about the amino acids is it'll work right away. I'll have someone, if I'm working with them in the office, I'll have someone do a trial there and then in the office. If I'm working over the phone with someone, they'll have a sample with them and we'll just talk th- talk talk through it on the phone. But what I'll say to them is, okay, so how, how are you feeling right now? Let's take one of these symptoms and tell me how you're feeling. And they'll say, well, I'm, uh, I'm feeling really anxious. Not as anxious as I have been because I'm sitting here with you. So usually, you know, being in, in a session, they're feeling a little bit better. But my anxiety is like a seven or an eight, and I'm, I'm pretty negative. You know, it's normally like a 10, but I'm feeling about a seven or an eight here, and I'm really craving anxiety. Uh, a chocolate chip cookie right now. This is like maybe for an appointment four or five in the afternoon. So I've got a rating and then I'll have them try one of the amino acids. And the one that I like to use for low serotonin is tryptophan. The other one that raises serotonin other than tryptophan is 5-HTP. But I tend to use tryptophan first. I get really good results with it. And what I'll have them do is Uh, Give me the scale of where they are, sevens, eights, nines. Have them try the tryptophan, and they'll chew it. Uh, So we're getting results right away. It's getting into the blood vessels in their mouth and into their brain. And within five minutes, maybe sometimes six or seven or eight minutes, but usually within five minutes, they'll be able to say to me, I feel, oh, I'm not, no, I'm not worrying about anything now. All those thoughts that were in my head have gone away. No, uh, I don't think I really crave the chocolate chip cookie as much. And their symptoms will go from 7 or 8 maybe to like a 5, or their cravings for the chocolate chip cookie might go from a 7 to like a a 6 or maybe a 5. So depending on how they respond, that's how we determine, firstly is the tryptophan going to be something that is worth trying? And then secondly, how much to take? So if, they, if the improvement is only one or two notches, then I would maybe have them uh, start off with a little bit of a higher dose. And then they'll go home and they'll try those, uh, th- that amino acid for the next week and, and note how they're feeling. Now, the hmm. amino acids are taken in between meals, so away from proteins because otherwise it's, they're going to compete for absorption with the aminos and the other protein. And the great thing about the aminos is you don't have to take them for a month to figure out if they're going to work. You're going to know right away if they're going to work and certainly within a week you're going to, you're going to know if it's something that you should continue. And if you don't need it, then you've got to look for other reasons as to why someone may have some of these symptoms. But they are just such an amazing thing in my practice because it gives people hope right away. They'll start to feel better mood-wise, their cravings will go away, and it makes it easier for them to get off the sugar, which we're talking about. It makes it easier for them to get off the gluten, which is another thing that we have to talk about. So they're not having to use willpower, and they're not feeling deprived.
0: Wow. So, so cool. So what's the starting dose you usually start with before you move up?
1: For tryptophan, the starting dose is 500 milligrams,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's that's the that's the recommended starting dose. One of the questionnaires that I have on my intake form is, are you very sensitive to supplements? And if someone says, I need this, you know, very small amount to have, you know, to have, to get an effect then I'll actually have them do much less. So I do have a chewable tryptophan, which is 100 milligrams, and I'll I'll, I'll use that uh, for children, certainly, or maybe half of 100 milligrams. But then uh, there are some people that um, we call our pixie dust people, and they just need a very small amount. And I'll actually open up a a capsule and then just have them do a few dabs. And I I actually had uh, one client... uh, uh, need you know just one dab to get an effect. So it, it depends oh. on the person, but 500 milligrams is a good uh, you know rule of thumb. And then you would do the 500 milligrams. The dosing for the tryptophan is mid afternoon and then evening. Now, I do want to just say one thing about uh, tryptophan is if someone is taking an SSRI, uh, they need to you know, notify their doctor that they're going to be adding in the tryptophan, and and that it needs to be taken six hours away from the SSRI. So if I will work with someone who is on one SSRI, if they're on two SSRIs, then I don't even uh, have them use tryptophan or 5-HTP because of the possibility of serotonin syndrome. But if their doctor knows about it and is okay with it, if they take the SSRI in the morning, then we can have them do the tryptophan mid-afternoon and the evening. And the evening dose helps with the sleep and then the evening cravings as well.
0: Hmm. Do you help to uh support any other kinds of amino acids or neurotransmitters in the morning time if you're doing that in the afternoon, like maybe tyrosine or anything like that?
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So part of the uh questionnaire includes the low catecholamines, and if they're low in, in that area, which would obviously be the low energy, the poor focus, the possibly the ADD symptoms, and the depression with apathy, when someone just feels really blah or they don't want to get out of bed, then I will have them uh, do the tyrosine uh, first thing in the morning, uh, mid-morning, and mid-afternoon, usually not later than 3 p.m. if sleep's a problem because that could keep someone awake. I will usually have them do the calming amino acids first. So we'll usually work on uh, the tryptophan to raise serotonin and then the GABA. We haven't talked about GABA yet, but GABA is the other wonderful amino acid that I use. I'll usually use the tryptophan and the GABA to calm things down. And then uh, we will uh, you know, look at the other, the other sections and uh, possibly add in the tyrosine. But I don't want to get them too agitated when I'm first starting to work with them.
0: Interesting. And then when you start with tyrosine in the morning, what's kind of a typical starting dose that you do with, with most patients?
1: 500 milligrams as well.
0: Okay, yes. for each dosage.
1: For each dosage. And the tyrosine, usually two, one to two of the 500 milligrams seems to be enough for most mm-hmm. people, mid-morning, first thing in the morning, mid-morning, and then mid-afternoon, depending on what their sleep, sleep is like.
0: Okay, got it. And then, of so, course, so I'm cool. also
1: having them. I'm also, you know, we, this is this is great because it's giving people some relief right away. And then we'll look at, you know, get adrenal testing done so we can see if there's, right. you know, more support for the adrenals. And um,
0: yeah, so this is just holding uh, holding over the patient to do the digging and see what the root issue is. But this this provides some of that some of that instant benefit, right?
1: It does, yes. And it's 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 twofold because it's holding over the patient but it is actually starting to work on their underlying biochemistry because the fact that they've got these low serotonin symptoms or low uh, GABA symptoms or low catecholamines means they're deficient and it starts to build up their levels um, and then also you know of course it, it does affect their, their hormones as well so if someone comes into me and they've got really bad PMS I'll usually, I'll have them do the amino acids initially because that can start to affect their hormone levels. You know, GABA is related to uh, progesterone and mm-hmm. serotonin and estrogen are connected. So this will start to help, you know, will start helping to balance the hormones as well. And of course, you know, making all the food changes, getting off the sugar and adding in the protein. and And then some of the other nutrients like zinc and B6 are my two favorite nutrients that I find most of my clients Seem to need, and those will make a big difference with PMS. The zinc B6 mm-hmm. and the evening primrose oil are just fabulous for PMS. Mm-hmm. And then they, of course, all help to provide raw materials to make serotonin and make GABA and mm-hmm. the other neurotransmitters.
0: Oh, I love it. It's like a whole symphony. It's just so it cool. Is. I know. Isn't yeah. the body so amazing? <laughs> oh, it's so amazing. I love this stuff. So you mentioned serotonin with the typical low serotonin symptoms. You mentioned with GABA, you also get worried, but it tends to be more in the body. Can you talk a little bit more about GABA, what that looks like when that's deficient, and then maybe um, a little bit about dopamine too?
1: Sure. So with GABA, you'll also have the anxiety and the worry. You may have panic attacks as well. You'll feel stressed and overwhelmed by this lightest thing. And the big thing is the physical kind of tension. So stiff, tense muscles. Someone might be sitting in my office and they're kind of hunched over and feeling really, really stiff. And usually the drug of choice is always a drug of choice it could be you know sugar or whatever but uh, alcohol but usually the drug of choice with gaba is wine you know and i'm working with women so it's usually wine if i'm working mm-hmm. with a, a man mm-hmm. it's often beer but it's the wine is just relaxing you know i need that wine at the end of the day just to wind down <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it becomes yeah. a problem when it's too much wine you know when someone's drinking a bottle and a half every night then it's just obviously too much so we've got to figure out is it GABA, low GABA, that's a problem. And the 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 same thing, I have them do the questionnaire. We figure out where they are on the scale of 1 to 10. I'll quiz them. I'll have them try the GABA in the office or over the phone, and they can get feedback right away. Now, a lot of people will say GABA does not cross the blood-brain barrier, and it's not going to work, and you should be using some of the other Nutrients that will, so the body can make its own GABA. I disagree with that. Um, I, you know, have seen so many clients benefit from GABA. And when I had my terrible, terrible anxiety and my panic attacks, GABA was my lifesaver. It, it literally mm-hmm. saved my life. You know, it was amazing. I, so, I've, you know, I've experienced it firsthand. So I have seen recently some research showing it actually may affect a uh, Affect the body at a hormonal level, but whatever whatever it is, whatever the mechanism is, it d- definitely does work. And mm-hmm. I I love gabacol. GABACOM is something you can buy over the counter buy Source Naturals. It's a nice small dose. It's 125 milligrams. It's a sublingual uh, catch tablet, and it's got a nice flavour. And I find that 500 milligram GABA that uh, that you'll often find is, is, is often too high for most people, certainly during the day. A higher level of GABA can help at night if someone is feeling very tense when they're going to bed. So the, the boosting serotonin can help the sleep, but also boosting GABA can help sleep for some people. So uh, the, the uh, GABA Calm, have, have you used the GABA Calm?
0: I haven't used Gabacalm. I use Gabatone in my practice um, okay. with, by Apex, and I, I like that a lot. It gives some of the precursors to Gabba. Yes. And then yep. one of the things that I've been using that I really love is a it's an actual um, sublingual spray called One Hour Break. Have you heard of One Hour Break? I just saw it the other day, yes. Oh, I love it. I carry it here in the office. It's, it's great. So you basically just spray it under your tongue like 10 or 15 sprays, and I'm, mm-hmm. I have it right here in front of me. It has... Um, kava kava root it has passion flower st john's wort lobelia and pulsatilla and you just spray it under your tongue and what i love about it is it's absorbed really quickly so if you have anxiety maybe before a flight or maybe before you know giving a talk or a lecture or you know maybe like rush hour or something you're really anxious about it 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 hits the bloodstream really quickly um so actually wanted i'm I'm glad you mentioned this because i was going to forget about it but um for you guys listening if you want to get some of the one hour break I, i Actually, talk to the guy who formulated it, and he's giving a deal to our listeners. So you can go to the website. It's onehourbreak.com. That's literally the number one, and then hourbreak.com. And then at checkout, if you just type in Dr. Lowe, so D-R-L-O, um, you get a discount with that. So, And I love it. It's um, It lasts for a while, and uh, you know it's nice to just kind of carry in your purse when you're feeling anxiousness. But that's made a big difference for me. I do it before my my, my radio shows, actually, and it just kind of chills me out a little bit. Very nice. Boom. Yeah,
1: I'll have to take it out. I'm going to go to that thing and 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 take advantage of your wonderful offer. Thank you. <laughs> oh, good.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. But that so with GABA, so you said you do 500 milligrams of that at night time for your clients, um, and then can they just do that as needed as well for anxiety?
1: Well, the 500 milligrams, I would just have them do at night, but then the GABA Calm, which is 125 milligrams, they would do throughout the day. And that is going to do, I'm guessing something similar to what you're talking about with the one-hour break because it's a very small dose. It's got a little bit of tyrosine in there, which counteracts the effects of the GABA, so it's not too calming, not too sedating, although most of my clients Mm. say, give me calm, give me calm, you know, (laughs) I need it. But, uh, you know, you don't want to be so uh, sluggish that you can't function during the day. So the GABA Calm I really like because it's a small dose, and a lot of people will use it for flying or just before a talk or something something like, like you've just mentioned as well. And then, Mm. you know, I know the GABA tone has uh, some of the other nutrients like taurine and some of the other precursors for making GABA. So those are all good. And then, of course, we mustn't forget yoga and Tai Chi. Mm. Uh, Those all raise GABA levels. So as well as making the food changes and taking some of these beautiful supplements, we've got to be making lifestyle changes and... So many of my clients I was actually working with someone earlier today, and she said, "My boyfriend says to me i don 't know how to relax and i don 't i, I don 't think i 've relaxed in five years she 's got her own mm-hmm. business, and she just go go she just go 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 the whole time so I said to her you 've got to do something to relax you 've got to go to yoga you 've got to go to tai chi you 've got to do heart math you 've got to do biofeedback, you know guided imagery or something to actually uh, you know constructively raise those gaba levels, and um yeah there's a lot of people who just don't know how to relax,
0: mhm. I know, and then, then she hears that as another list of things to do, right? It's like, okay, just pick one thing <laughs>
1: and just well, stick with we that. Have to, we have to, yeah, I'll sit down with them and say what resonates with you. And for some people, you know, one, one of my clients, she's taken up hot yoga and she absolutely loves it. So you've got to find something that you love. You can't just be doing it because your nutritionist said you should do it or your naturopath said you should do it. You've got to find something that you love to do and then you're going to do it. So for some mm. people, it's putting a you know, heart mass little program on their computer and taking 10 minutes out of their day to do something like that to get their heart rate down. For other people, it's going to a hot yoga class. So whatever whatever works, uh, that's what I would say.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. So you mentioned serotonin. We talked about GABA. Tell us a little bit about dopamine, and I want to also talk about pyroluria because we don't really talk about that much on the show, and it's fascinating. Okay, great.
1: So with the... Let's see what we haven't covered with this area. So with the low-catecholamines, the, I mentioned the symptoms, you know, poor focus, fatigue, the blahs, negat- uh, feeling uh, uh, unfocused and low energy. So with with that, the amino acid that I use is tyrosine. And, I, and the starting dose, I think we said, was 500 milligrams. I think we mm-hmm. talked about the catecholamines. Yes.
0: But but it, so that's the one to help to contribute to dopamine, correct? Yes,
1: yes, yes. Yeah. Okay,
0: got it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, think we and then I that do want to just
1: mention... Sorry, what what was that?
0: I was just asking if there's any, any uh, neurotransmitters that you wanted to mention we haven't talked about.
1: Uh, yes. So there's two others that I work with, and the one is obviously uh, – well, the other amino acid that I work with is, is uh, glutamine, and that's very helpful for low blood sugar, and, of course, it's very healing of the digestive system. And uh, a lot of people – will find that while they're starting to make the food changes and they're getting more protein into their diet and they're eating more frequently, um, having some glutamine um, on hand can help uh, to keep their blood sugar more even. And the starting dose for that is 500 milligrams. And then that will be throughout the day as well. Awesome. And then the final one is the endorphins. And the endorphins are important to look at because... A lot of people, I find, are going for comfort foods or eating foods that they feel like they deserve or it's my reward or my treat. And once you address the the low endorphins with an amazing amino acid called... DPA. I use. I just use the DPA, the D phenylalanine. Um, I know uh, some people use the DLPA, but I just tend to find that the the DPA is very effective. Uh, that just takes away that need for comfort, raises the endorphins, and then they're not eating the sugar so much. So it's having less of an effect on the anxiety, but it's helping them get off the sugar um, and the carbohydrates. We didn't even talk about gluten. A lot of people that are very addicted to gluten do very well uh, with boosting the endorphin levels. And, of course, the other things that raise the endorphins are exercise, uh, giving. If you donate or you give of your time, it raises endorphins. So it's another area that I look at with my clients.
0: Interesting. Donating and giving of your time increases endorphins. How cool is that? I know.
1: Isn't it lovely? (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. So does laughter?
0: Laughter does too. I'm a big fan of laughter. <laughs> so does laughter also help the other neurotransmitters? Or is it mainly endorphins that you know of?
1: It helps a little bit with serotonin, but it's mainly the endorphins.
0: Wow, really cool. So with the DPA, yeah. how do you typically dose that with clients?
1: Again, the starting dose is 500 milligrams, and mm-hmm. it's throughout the day, also between meals. Wow. Okay and with now, the I know DPA, that there's going
0: to be oh sorry, go ahead
1: I was going to say with the d p a the person needs to be eating enough protein because it needs it needs you know all the other amino acids to help uh, raise the endorphins, so hmm. um the if they if they're not occasionally I'll work with someone who's a vegetarian and then I will have them take a, a free form amino acid blend in conjunction with the DPA just so they're getting all those amino acids that they need. They'll do the free form amino acid blend with their meals, and then they'll mm. do the amino acids in between the meals. Yeah.
0: Is there a particular brand for that you like?
1: Yes, Lidke, um is is a fabulous brand. They have a product called Endorphigen which is, uh, you know, it's just really fabulous, uh, uh, which is, the the ingredient is just DPA. I don't know why they call it endorphogen. And I want (laughs) to also mention, uh, when it comes to tryptophan, quality is a big issue, and I like their tryptophan as well. It's also Lidke, L-I-D-T-K-E. Their tryptophan I have just had no problems with. I've had a number of clients who, have run out of their supplement and gone to the health store, or gone online and bought another brand and not had as good results. So I think when it comes to tryptophan, the quality is, is very important.
0: So the endorphogen that's for the DPA, or is that for the free-form yes. amino acid blend? No,
1: that's the, the endorphogen is the DPA.
0: Okay. Do you have a particular yeah. blend, um, form, or um, company you like for the amino acids?
1: Yes, I do actually. Total Amino Solution by Janessa Living, and it was actually co-formulated uh, with Julia Ross and Timothy Cuss and uh, Dan. Dan, what's, I can't think of his last name. His first name's. He's a chiropractor. Dan, I can't think of his last name. They co-formulated it and it to be as to have the same uh, amino profile as an egg. So it's a a really good formulation, yeah. And it's really nice because it does contain tryptophan. And I've seen a few uh, free-form amino acids uh, products on the market that do not contain tryptophan. And it's a little bit concerning because there's a lot of research showing that, you know, there's a lot of research where they've actually had people uh, deprived of tryptophan and they've, you know, shown that their serotonin levels take a huge dive. So I am always looking for, you know, amino acid blends that have all of the amino acids and certainly has tryptophan. And I think a lot of people, companies, you know, have shied away from tryptophan because of the concerns of tryptophan in the past. But if we've got good quality tryptophan, there's no reason why we shouldn't be including it.
0: Mhm now, what about for for people listening they're going, okay, I have all of these <laughs> what I mean, where do they start with that? Is that when they look mainly at you know the nutrition or maybe just doing the uh, the total amino solution doing that you know the amino acids what's like how would you address that so t- certainly
1: making the food changes first, and if you are finding that you are battling with making the food changes or you're using willpower then some of the aminos could be helpful. And when it comes to figuring out which amino acid to address, which deficiency to address first with which amino acid, I would say if you're working on your own, pick one area and work on that because then you can actually figure out if it's making a difference. And then pick the area that really resonates with you. And if you're anxious... I would definitely go for the ones that are calming first. So go for the low serotonin and go for the low GABA first, and then then you could work on some of the others afterwards.
0: Because the other ones may increase anxiousness, right, if you do those too, too early?
1: Yes, the, certainly the tyrosine could do that. The DPA or the endorphin, which raises endorphins, is not usually it, – it's very unlikely that it's going to make you more anxious. But you just want to. It's not going to calm you. So I would go for the calming things first. The glutamine can. Some of it can convert to GABA and can be calming. Mm-hmm. Some of it can get it. can be a little stimulating for some people. Most of the time,
0: I find that it's not a problem. Hmm. Interesting. Wow, I love this stuff. So tell us a little bit. And I learned about some of this in um, medical school. We had um, one of the doctors, our supervising doctors, that was really a specialist in pyroluria, um, and that was the first time I heard about it. And and uh, you know, she's convinced that many people have this that aren't. It's never actually found. So tell us a little bit of what pyroluria is and how do you address that.
1: I would love to tell you about it. It's an <laughs> area that I'm fascinated by myself. I actually have pyroluria. And uh, I didn't know I had it for many, many years, but I was actually treating myself uh, when I had my bad hormonal issues based on what I read in Anne Louise Gittleman's book, uh, Taking Charge of Your Perimenopause. So remember I mentioned that I was having all these bad issues, PMS, anxiety, when I was in my late 30s. And what she said is, for PMS, zinc, B6, and evening primrose oil. And I got on these nutrients for the PMS and it helped my social anxiety. And then years later, when I was working in Julia Ross's clinic, that's when I tested myself for this condition called pyroluria, P-Y-R-O-L-U-R-I-A, for anyone who's not familiar with it, and found that I actually have it. Now, if you test yourself, you've got to get off the nutrients, so you can actually see that you have the the, the elevated cryptopyrrols. But what it is, it's a genetic condition where you have a higher need for these uh, nutrients, the zinc, the B6, and often the... um, evening primrose oil, the GLA, or the omega-6. And it's a social anxiety condition where you feel this inattention, social phobia maybe, uh, not liking to be around a lot of people, preferring one-on-one interactions. Kids will often be very shy and they'll isolate. And then there are a number of other things that will go with this. You'll often have uh, no dream recall or you'll have nightmares. You can often have depression as well, the morning nausea. You'll come from an all-girl family or you'll have lookalike sisters. Um, Often anemia um, is common with people with pyroluria. Uh, A lot of people who are do not like eating meat, and that's because of the low zinc. Um, And then you'll have a lot of the other low zinc uh, signs like poor appetite, poor sense of smell, taste, and then stretch marks, and then the white flecks on the nails. And all of this work, uh, this was actually... Uh, discovered by Carl Pfeiffer um, many, many years ago, and he was doing work with schizophrenics and found that people with these symptoms, with schizophrenia, responded really well to these nutrients. And it's quite amazing that, you know, a few nutrients like this can make such a world of difference. I... Was so anxious about public speaking. I was anxious about networking and being in groups. I actually felt anxious about inviting people around to my house, people that I knew and felt comfortable around. I just I didn't like big crowds of people, and and it's something that a lot of people have their whole lives. I, now that I recognize what it is, I realize that I had it my whole life. And people with Paraloria like me tend to push through. You know, you deal with it. you uh, you, uh, you know I'm a type A personality I want to get things done and I I push through and and I I dealt with it and a lot of women who do this questionnaire that um, I have to to identify if it could be pyroluria will say yes I've been like this my whole life and I've just pushed through and dealt with it and I thought well this is me I'm going to just have to live like this and you don't have to you can get on these nutrients and the Inattention and that antisocial shyness goes away. It's pretty amazing.
0: Wow, so is this something you don't you don't really deal with symptom wise at this point because you've been able to to, man, to uh, manage it? Yes, completely gone, completely gone.
1: I don't have any anxiety at all ever. I don't even need GABA anymore. Um, and the zinc and the B six, as I mentioned earlier, are cofactors for making some of the neurotransmitters, so they're helping in that area. Uh, they often find that, uh, um, based on, on testing uh, in the past, that people with pyroluria do, often don't need omega-3s. They often got good, they can extract omega-3s from the foods that they're eating, but they'll often need uh, the evening primrose oil. And the evening primrose oil actually helps the absorption of zinc. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, the nutrients, the zinc and the B6, it can be a little bit tricky to figure out uh, what you know, which forms to use and how much to, to use, and there's often a little bit of uh, you know, playing around with some of the nutrients to get the right combination. But once you get the right combination, it's something that you have to stay on forever. Otherwise, the symptoms come back.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Well, it makes sense. And you and know, know what's even if you get in food, you know? So these are things that you can just be getting as nutrition, right? Or, I mean, do you have to be supplementing with it, or can you get these things from your diet?
1: I have not come across any person with paralalia who's been able to get enough from their diet, hmm. and I eat a really good diet, and I, I need to supplement. And if I hmm. stop, and you know, I've had a number of clients say, "I'm feeling so good. Maybe I can stop my supplements. I don't want to be taking these forever." And they'll stop, and the symptoms will come back. So hmm. it's, and they, it is made worse by stress. So when someone is under a lot of stress, the symptoms will come back. And uh, they may need to take a little bit higher level of the zinc and the B6
0: for a short time. Mm-hmm. Okay, I love picking the other, your brain with all these dosages too. What, what what's the amount that they need to take for the zinc and the B6?
1: So I'll start people on fifty. Oh, sorry, thirty milligrams of zinc. And Mm -hmm. I like OptiZinc, which is a zinc monomethionine. I find that it's very well absorbed. And it needs to be in a supplement that does not contain copper because the Mm copper is going to balance that out and negate the effects of it. And then uh, then I'll have them do the zinc sulfate uh, liquid test so we can determine what their zinc levels are like. The other thing that I look at with zinc is the um, alkaline phosphatase levels that can often be low, which could be a marker of Mm -hmm. low zinc. Um, and then the B6, I use a 100 milligrams of uh, pyridoxine, uh, just regular B6, and go up to 500 milligrams uh, watching for dream recall. So after the first week, I'll say, are you remembering your dreams? If they're not, we'll go up to 100 milligrams. The second week, any dream recall? No, we'll go up to 200 300, 400, 500, and if we're not getting dream recall, then I'll switch them over to the activated form of B6, the P5P, pyridoxine 5 phosphate. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah, yeah, and that will, and then we may need a combination of the P5P and the B6, or maybe just the P5P. Hmm.
0: Okay. So, so in some people, it's better for them to be on the B6 than just the P5P.
1: They, they, yeah, they, and it's more expensive. The P5P. So if they can right. get away with the B6, and I, I would say most people, I shouldn't say most, more than, more than fifty percent do fine on the B6. So we just start with that.
0: Hmm. Okay. And then the, the other ECO? interesting.
1: So the evening primrose are about thirteen hundred milligrams, and I okay. like to do fatty acid testing because that can tell us, you know, how deficient someone is and if they do in fact need the omega threes or not.
0: Hmm. Okay. So interesting.
1: It is very interesting. And, you know, there was, there's been a lot of articles lately on the Internet about introversion um, and uh, Susan Cain's book, The Qui- Quiet, The Power of Introverts. Yeah. And I was looking at those questionnaires on introverts, and they very closely mirror Paraloria. And <laughs> I did a few blog posts, and people who said they felt like they'd been introverts their whole lives have got on the Paraluria protocol and they now feel a lot more confident. You know, I'm not saying that we need to change introverts, but there's sure. certainly elements of, of, you know, introversion like the anxiety and the social anxiety which can be improved. And, you know, it can totally change people's lives. It's very exciting.
0: Gosh. And I know you, you obviously talk a lot about these different topics we're bringing up in a lot more detail in your book. So I want you know, everyone listening, pick up the book. It's fascinating. I mean you get a lot more detail um in the book and, you know, a lot more of kind of the the bigger picture of all of it. So it's just great. And and thank you for letting me just pick your brain and you rattling off all of these, you know, dosages. Um so, so I, I appreciate been fun. you.
1: It's a different interview than I have that I'll often have and it's <laughs> been fun. It's really nice. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's so good. I'm using you as like a little encyclopedia. So, um, yeah, thanks for rolling with that. Any other, you know, topics, anything that you wanted to, um, you know, mention before we let you go? I, I know we kind of plowed through this hour.
1: One thing that I really want to mention is benzodiazepines because, you know, I'm obviously a big fan of food and nutrients and would prefer those other than medications. But when it comes to medications, Benzodiazepines are just horrific. And I would just like to say to everyone in the whole world, please rethink a benzodiazepine prescription before you get on it. You know, No matter how anxious you are, you do not want to get on benzodiazepines. I'm working with a young woman at the moment in her early 20s. She is having the most horrendous time uh, tapering off on the benzodiazepines. Brain zaps, worse anxiety, tremors brain fog, uh, aches and pains, hot flashes, you name it. They are just terrible. They're meant to be prescribed, maximum two weeks. People are on them for years and years and years, and the side effects are just terrible. Of course, there's you know, a lot of research showing that they contribute to dementia, but just the, the fact that you get so addicted to them that they can actually start to increase, you can get rebound anxiety, so anxiety can actually get worse, and then getting off of them are just terrible so that's my little soapbox uh, spiel <laughs>
0: mm, but you know i'm so glad you brought that up that was actually my last question was about getting off of some of these medications so you mentioned the benzos what about someone who's on an ssri i mean are you able to i mean i know obviously unless you're a psychiatrist or a prescribing physician you can't legally take them off but if they're working with their doctor and tapering mm-hmm. off you have any kind of tips that you've used with patients that's been effective
1: so with the let's just talk about the benzos first. So with the benzos, they work on the GABA receptor. So GABA is very helpful. But uh, with the benzodiazepines, you really need to do a super, super, super slow taper and work with someone who knows how to get off the benzos. There's a wonderful uh, website in the U.K. by Professor Ashton, to, uh, benzo.org.uk, which he gives you the protocol on how to do the taper. It's really, really minuscule, uh, you know, De- decreases in the, in the benzodiazepines. And there's a wonderful a forum called benzobuddies.org, which is for people who are going, on, you know, going through the benzo withdrawal. So the GABA is very helpful. Um, and obviously, as you say, if anyone is on medications, they will be working with their doctor, and I'll obviously be guiding if, if I need to. Uh, but with the SSRI, I'll have, you know, get their levels up the serotonin levels up first before we even think about uh, the SSRI uh, getting off that and uh, getting on the you know increasing the B6 and the zinc is helping to raise the serotonin levels Some of the B vitamins like niacinamide can help to raise uh, serotonin levels as well, and then obviously the the tryptophan or the 5-HTP. Now, we didn't talk about 5-HTP, and the reason why I'll start with tryptophan is because 5-HTP has been shown to raise cortisol levels, and if someone's got high cortisol at night, which may be causing them not to sleep well, then I don't want to raise their cortisol even higher. But just going back to the SSRI, so raising serotonin levels, Taking it away from the SSRI, and then having them work with their doctor on on doing a taper on the on of the SSRI. And a lot of people, most of my clients are able to do that. Uh, you know, we didn't even talk about gluten. One woman that I worked with uh, had was on an SSRI. Uh, had her use do the amino acids to get off the gluten. And once she got off the gluten, she didn't need the SSRI anymore. So it was the gluten that was causing her anxiety. So it can be many different factors that can you know, contribute to the anxiety issues.
0: Well, it's so fascinating. We've talked about that on the show before, Of just that you know, most of your serotonin, 90% of it is in your digestive tract. Mm-hmm. So that exactly. makes perfect sense. Wow. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Trudy, any other last-minute tidbits? This has just been so much fun.
1: It has. I've really enjoyed it. Well, we didn't talk about exercise, but that's important. Uh, Getting outdoors in nature, there's actually research showing that it can lower anxiety. So getting enough sleep, we didn't talk about that, but sleep's a big factor, so working on that. And just Not tolerating feeling bad, doing something about it Mm -hmm. before it gets too bad, because we deserve to feel amazing. We really do.
0: Amen to that. And it's it's, not—it's common to feel this way, but it's not normal Mm -hmm. to feel this way. So it's a big difference between the two. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And if you—you know—I had one woman say, "I can't change my anxiety and the fact that I'm feel tense all the time. That's just me. My eyes are blue. That's the way I am. I can't change it." Mm -hmm. And I said, "Yes, you can." So I think a lot of people are so used to feeling like this, that they don't realize that they can change.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think we're going to help a lot of people with this show tonight. Thank you so much. Where can people learn more about you and keep up with what you're doing?
1: So I've got two websites, everywomenover29.com, which is my consulting website. And I've got a report there if anyone wants to get a copy of it, nine great questions women ask about food, mood, and their health. And then you'll be subscribed to my newsletter, Food, Mood, and Gal Stuff. And then I've got uh, anti-anxietyfoodsolution.com, which is the website for my book. And they, I've got a free report, Five Simple Steps to Reduce Anxiety Now.
0: Woo, I love it. I love what you're doing. Please don't stop what you're doing. It's really, really needed. And um, thanks for joining me on the show. It's been, it's been a blast. And I look forward to catching up with you real soon. Thanks. Thanks a lot for having me. It's a great show. Thanks, Trudy. All right, you guys, that is the show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm so excited about that topic. I'm going to listen to that again because I've been writing notes, and it's a nice little refresher for me from uh, studying neurotransmitters in in medical school. I love this stuff. Um, Let's see. Next week's show, we're going to be interviewing Denise Minger on Death by Food Pyramid, so that will be a very entertaining show, I'm sure, and very controversial. Um, I mentioned earlier in the show we're running the uh, one-hour break special which is the anti anxiety spray. So if you do deal with some of these things we're talking about tonight, if you have anxiousness, if you, you know, just want to calm down before maybe giving a, a lecture or, you know, flying or you just tend to feel kind of tense throughout the day. This is I've it's been so helpful for me, especially in my practice. I've been using it for patients and myself. So One Hour Break, I love it. The website is onehourbreak.com. And then if you enter Dr. Lo at checkout, you'll get a discount. So D-R-L-O at checkout. So check that out. I'd love to hear how it goes for you guys. And um, check out the show next week. Have a wonderful rest of your week, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold, up to a $1 million to Boys and Girls Clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy Socks. Valid 1123. In stores only. Limit 10.